What do you think was holding you back back then? Fear. Fear of what people thought. Hey, friend, it's David Nabinsky here in Brooklyn. Here at the Portfolio Career Podcast, we help you take ownership of your portfolio career and design the life that you want to live. This episode is with Ollie Henderson. Uh, I met Ollie in early 2022 through Drawer, Polig's cohort based course. Thank you, Drawer, for helping make this episode happen. Since then, Ali has published a brand new book called Work Life Flywheel that came out in early 2023. Ali is a writer, a podcaster, and is exploring new ideas in the future of work. In this episode, you'll learn about why a work life flywheel is better than trying to optimize and find that sweet spot that everyone tells us about to find with work life balance. Why Ollie wishes that he started creating content earlier in his life, especially when he was previously a business owner, how six months of runway might be all you need to make a transition, core ideas and frameworks from his book, and so much more. As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called Portfolio Career Substack, and you can also sign up for my free podcasting course. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Ollie. What do you like about newsletters? Well, I've been writing a newsletter for almost three years. And I should probably start by saying, I've always wondered whether it, it it's an appropriate name for what I do, because I'm not really <laughs> delivering news per se. I mean, I do have a section where I share a few articles and I reference, typically I re- reference topical subjects. So I guess that's news. But let's let's just consider the format. I think that's what your question relates to. You know, there's there's a couple of things for me. One, consistency in writing has just led me, me personally, in loads of new directions. So, you know, this time three years ago, I didn't write. You know, I wasn't a consistent writer. I mean, I could write. I literally, you know, I've been able to write for many, many years, uh, but not actually putting content together, putting ideas out there. And for me, the, new, the newsletter was the first vehicle in which I did that consistently. And I'm, I don't know, there must be like 120, 130 editions of that newsletter in. And that cadence, that consistency, once a week, putting down my ideas, exploring new subjects, trying to dig into those areas that I did understand well, but maybe I'm also through that process realizing I didn't understand others as well as I thought. And I think that whole system for me personally is really valuable. So that's that's the experience for the writer. And of course, the, the value exchange is somebody's going to spend their time actually reading the stuff that you're you're writing. And, um, you know, for, again, for me, that's been a really interesting process because it's about being building an audience. And building an audience wasn't really my goal for starting a newsletter. And I know lots of people, for lots of people it is. Start a newsletter, here's a great way to build an audience. You can monetize that down the line. That was not what I was doing. Um, it was more a case I was really curious about a subject, in my case, future of work and careers, and continued exploring it and more and more people signed up and more and more people shared it and came to me and it has led to many new opportunities so for me the newsletter was the starting point I still love doing it um, but it led to a podcast it led to a book it's led to various business opportunities uh, but as I, as I said it's really the most valuable thing for me it's helped me refine my thinking and I think mm. that's that is the power of it Cool. Well, I want to, there's a lot in there and I want to hear, you know, about these kind of opportunities, but I also think it's really interesting to talk about kind of where things started. And it seems like, uh, 
you know, it didn't start off as a Substack newsletter. Um, I think it was a, a LinkedIn post or two or a Medium post or two. Tell us about mm. that time uh, or tell us about kind of starting and then um, what it felt like when you started to get some DMs from people and responses from people. Yeah, I, as I said before, the reason I started writing three years ago wasn't because I loved writing. It was actually to discover what I wanted to do next in my life. I um, the, the, the 10 years before that, I'd been running a business. I founded an ad agency, a digital advertising agency in 2009, right in the middle of the recession. Um, somehow we managed to survive that period. In fact, it was part of the reason we we flourished, really, because we'd built a model which guaranteed people would be able to engage with ads. So at that time, it was like, okay, performance-based model works in an economic climate in which there's tight financial pressures. Did that for 10 years, really enjoyed it, enjoyed the industry. But I also, for those 10 years, struggled, particularly when I had a family, got married, had three young kids, to ever find work-life balance Um could never find it never felt like I spent enough time at work but didn't feel like I spent enough time at home either um and I burnt out several times and I just decided I need to do something new so January 2020 I exited that company I had a, you know I had to had to work again at some point but I had a bit mm-hmm. of time I, I knew I had some time to work I wanted to do but didn't know where to start so I started writing as you said put up some stuff on medium thinking no one will read this and really let Relatively speaking, very few people did. However, enough of those people who did read it contacted me and said, you know, what you've written really resonates with me. I'm also a dad with young kids. I'm also thinking about Mm. what to do with the next stage of my career. And that was enough encouragement to keep me going. That was February 2020 by that stage. A few weeks later, COVID happened. Everybody was forced back to their homes and, you know, people in the sort of work that that we do, knowledge work, were faced with a similar conundrum that I had had just from a, through a different lens slightly. But suddenly this uh, thinking, the conversation, the consideration about work and life and that relationship was higher on people's priority list. So I just continued writing and actually it was literally from eight weeks probably from beginning to post those blog posts until I made the decision to start the newsletter. And in those eight weeks, I had enough people, enough supportive people saying, I find what you're doing interesting to think, well, you know, what's the harm in continuing? Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, uh, I, I really think that like, I was talking to a friend last night where she was saying like, everyone needs a friend. Um, just like, and then also there's, another layer where it's just like if you have one supporter like if you know that you're writing for one person or you're doing this for like you have one accountability buddy like um or like one good friend like it really can like change your life like it only like i think sometimes we think like really big and stuff but like it always starts in the small and i think your example of just a couple posts and just seeing hey we'll see if anybody's checking this out and then a couple couple responses and then now you know here we are with a book yeah Exactly. Well, it's funny because in a sense, what allowed me to publish it in the first place was the the thought that no one would read it <laughs> because I, I never, I never had the courage probably to, to publish in public before that. So I only did it because I thought, oh, no one's going to read it anyway. And then what made me carry on was the fact that there were people who were reading it and finding <laughs> it valuable in whatever way. So, you know, there's something in that. I think there's this kind of paradox where we're all obsessed with this idea that everybody's 
thinking about us all the time. And of course, they've got better things going in their life, really. And I think that stops people from doing things like writing on social media or creating content like we do, you know, creating creating podcasts. It's very easy to think, oh, what if people don't think it's very good? Or what if people think that I'm just saying the same thing again and again? And actually, most people don't care, to be honest. But at the same time, and, and it's the other side of things, all it takes for those messages to resonate with somebody. And it is, is, you know, it's really rewarding. I'm sure you get the same thing. When people say to you, I listen to your podcast, particularly if you don't know them, (laughs) if they're a friend or family, it's nice, you know, they're supportive. If somebody you don't know (laughs) says, I read this thing you wrote, or I listened to this podcast, and it really changed the way I thought. That is a brilliant feeling. And and it can get quite addictive, that, I think. Mm. And it's not to say that, it's not the same, I don't think, as chasing likes on social media. It's actually really realizing that through some thought and some effort and just putting yourself out there a bit, the ideas that you have and the motivation you have to share them can make a difference to people. So it's a bit this is all a bit of a realization for me over the past few years, to honestly. Because as I said, I just never did it before. I never put myself out there. I was, I was too busy running a business. Even I was running an advertising business, I was useless really at marketing myself. And the ideas that I had, um, so and it's as you know, it's completely changed my viewpoint on it. Yeah. What do you think was holding you back back then? Fear, fear of what people thought. Time. I mean, look, realistically, time as well. I mean, look, I've, I've been in the fortunate position. I certainly was this time three years ago, where I did have time to work out what I wanted to do, I and mean, that's the luxury um, of having left my company. And look, by the way, I didn't, I didn't sell my company for enough money to be able to retire for the rest of my life i just gave myself options yeah. and there's something in that and actually there's some really interesting insight for the people i spoke to for the research for my book and i spoke to, i interviewed hundreds of people i surveyed over four thousand people so it's you know it's a, it was a, it was a decent sample size and for many of those that switched careers as in literally they let they quit their job and they decided to start start a business go out there as a solopreneur a freelancer or just switch to another industry there was this number which kept popping up, which was six months of runway, essentially. Six months where if you have six months of savings, where if you didn't work a day, you could still survive, still pay the mortgage, still pay the bills, still pay for your food. That seems to be a number a lot of people arrive at. Now, actually, in reality, what happens is you change your lifestyle. <laughs> so if you've got six months of savings, it probably lasts you a year if you if you change your lifestyle because you just get used to, you realise that some things aren't that important. But, um, you know, I think... Um, I think that I think it's important that it's about planning, really. I can't remember your original question. What was, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the question, was, question. Was, was, was what was holding you back um oh that's right when you're working in the ad with with your business about putting yourself out there Mm. so yeah i mean fear again i can come back to the fear thing so the the and it's this is subtitle of my book reimagine your career without fear because again that kept coming up people people don't people don't do it because they're scared of what other people will think um and that was me really you know i had probably did have lots of ideas and certainly had lots of opinions, but it wouldn't have dawned on me to do it. And I think actually the gradual nature of how I've done it over the past few years has helped me with that because I still have moments where I think, is this, is it, you know, should I bother doing this again? You know, do, do people really care? Well, you know, <laughs> all the classic things you have, you know, the yeah. imposter syndrome, the, you know, but I think I don't care anymore. I think I know that 
there are enough interesting ideas. Not every, I don't, there's not a nugget every week, you know, or at least I don't write every single newsletter and think this is going to change people's lives. But you get over that because actually it's a, it's a gradual process. So I think that's the thing I've got over. And actually, I think there's, from what I've seen, more and more people are thinking that way. More and more people are realizing that it's not going to hurt anybody if you just start sharing some of your ideas. And I think actually, particularly for those that are thinking about changing careers or developing new strings to their bow, you know, within portfolio career situation, I think it's important to demonstrate that you care about a subject and are putting thought into it. Yeah. Love that. Well, I'm glad you, uh, you know, got over the fear and, um, you know, published a book. And I think just another kind of example of, of this is um, like your podcast, I think it had a prior name uh, well along the way. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like you literally have been like slowly evolving. And I think, you know, there's we can oftentimes think like it needs to be perfect. It needs to have this like shiny bow. It needs to have. But like, you know, what was going on with your podcast? How did how did the name change or tell us about that? Yeah. So my podcast was originally called Take My Advice. I'm not using it. And it was a phrase that really resonated with me because I switched in mode when I left the last company to suddenly, because I had a bit more time, I think I spent more time mentoring people or advising and consulting. And, you know, people bring you in because you've got a perspective and you've probably had experience. And, you know, if you've run a company for 10 years, you can probably share advice with people that haven't been through it yet. But I also was really conscious that, I didn't necessarily do everything that I was advising other people do. And you can see this trend all the time. It was so easy. It's human nature, I think, probably. So you know what the best solution is, but it doesn't mean you do it every day. So I really like this idea. Um, I thought it was quite funny. I also, you know, don't take myself too seriously. And I and I didn't want a name which was too serious. So I, st- I had that for quite a while. And then when actually, when my publisher offered me the publishing deal, we were talking about sort of, you know, brand, it's like brand architecture conversation, I suppose. Like where do all these things fit together? Um, and my newsletter was called, my newsletter is called Future Work Life. And, and I sort of realized, take my advice, I'm not using it. Doesn't tell anybody what this podcast is about. I find it quite amusing, but probably most people don't even care. <laughs> so I, was, uh, I thought, you know, Ditch it. And I didn't want to at first, actually, because this is a thing you do get attached to it to a certain extent. But then mm. I thought, you know what? It doesn't really matter. This is a podcast about the future of work and life. And that's a story. You know, the reason I started doing this is because I was looking at the future of my work and how it related to my personal life. So mm. actually, future work life is a far better articulation of that. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, things change, don't they? You know, you, yeah. and, and you don't have to stick something, you don't have to get it right immediately i'm changing things all the time you know the music's changed the format's changed i'm thinking about i'm thinking at the moment about maybe mixing up the format i'm just about i've just recorded the 10th series we're about to start recording the 10th series and i feel like maybe it needs to needs to change and mm. um you know i'm gonna experiment with that and that's the beauty of when you particularly when you start creating content to support your career no one else can tell you what to do and you know even though lots of people think there is a formula and there are templates you should follow my feeling and certainly my experience has been i i work far better and i'm far more consistent and my motivation's higher when i do it in a way that i believe in um Mm. so that's so that's that's why i changed the name um and i'm again i don't get too hung up on these things i think evolution is a good thing yeah 
intrinsic motivation. That was a real interesting nugget there. Um, mm. I agree. It's like this idea of like uh, last year I was hosting this event and we had a speaker and she and her partner, they would evaluate. Um, they would kind of like in their one-on-one catch-ups, they would say like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this, 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 this. And then, um, and then they would start to like explore other projects or say like, um, you know, here's what I might be doing over the next two months or what do you think? Blah, blah, blah. And then the question was, uh, then like how they would all else being equal, how they would decide on what to do. They'd be like, which one do you have a fire in your belly about? It doesn't matter about as Mm. much of like how big of like, um, I mean, it, it does, but like, if you kind of start to even it out a little bit, it's just like, which do you care more about? Like, which one are you like yeah. excited about? Like, sure, like something else may in theory be, you know, change the world or have a bigger impact of a lot of users or, um, you know, generate this kind of revenue. But like, if you're not motivated for it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's loads of examples of this, aren't there? I mean, you look at the very best founders in history and investors. I mean, look at Warren Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. They're still going. They're still going. And you know what? These guys are super smart, but they wouldn't still be going if they didn't love what they do. And, I, and you know, this isn't something that we we wake up one day necessarily and realize. It's not certainly not something that when you're 18 years old and you're moving in onto the next yeah. stage of your life. You've worked it out. You know, these things evolve over time, but I do think, and this is a really important part of my book. Actually, there's, there's, you know, I break down the idea of the world. I flow in into six sections. And the very last point is I call it breakthroughs. Now, actually what breakthroughs is, is all about rest and reflection and recognizing your progress. But I call it breakthroughs because it is only by doing those three things that you actually start seeing breakthroughs in your life including working out what the hell it is you want to do um so i go through a really interesting process now every day at the end of every day i write down my three highlights from the day mm. and you know some days some days it's difficult to find a highlight you know if you mm. have a crappy day at work you're like oh, it's gonna be difficult today but you know what you, you can find them there and actually what you start doing is being able to see trends. You start seeing that you're picking up on the same things that give you joy and satisfaction and fulfillment. And that's actually a really simple way. It's like a micro journaling practice, a really simple way to reflect on the things that you care about and that you enjoy doing. And that's been part of my process the past three years as well, which again, I'd never done before. And it gives me... Um, something to consider and to double down on. So if I keep seeing that I'm, I enjoy the same things again and again, I just do more of it because as you said, you know, there's, there's having an aptitude for something. There's being, you know, lots of people are good at their jobs, but unless you love it, you're not going to stay in the game long enough to become really great. And, you know, frankly, it's just demoralizing when you're doing something you don't enjoy every day. So I think it's marrying up those things, the things that you're good at, but also the things that you, that you really enjoy doing that's important. Yeah. Um, and do you put that into a notion or like a word doc or uh, do you have the, the, the three highlights from the day? Do you, is there a specific kind of place or process? It's a combination. So I do it manually. I do, I quite like writing stuff down into a notepad, but I've started digitizing it. Um, and actually 
that is something that I'm working on um, as a product, um, building a product which allows you to take that micro journaling practice, attach it to the daily workflow that you're working on. You know, so there's very, you know, part of the problem we've got is tech overload. You know, we've got so many different tech channels. And of course, I'm loath to introduce yet another application which sits within that. But what we really need, if you think about it, this, you know, there's so much data in our work lives, but we don't capture any of it. You know, really, like think about as a consumer, there's so much data on us. You go to Netflix, it understands who you are. It personalizes your experience. Yeah. You go to Amazon, it's the same. We don't really think about that really in the way that we work and how that intersects with our personal life. And, you know, I think we're missing an opportunity there. And I think that's why a lot of people, to, to your point, don't necessarily fulfill their potential. And I mean potential, not just in terms of success, you know, that kind of ex- extrinsic success, but actually making feel, you know, yourself feel fulfilled in what you do. Um, so, what, you know, the challenge I'm working on at the moment is converting those daily highlights into this sort of dynamic record mm. of all of the best bits of your life and trying to give you the insights which can help you build a work and a life, a career that keeps you in the game for a long time and makes you love what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, a couple things. I really like uh, a recent thing. I'm probably a late adopter as always, but uh, something that I didn't know before. So in case if one person hears this, they might like it or they may use it. That'd be cool. But um, hashtag or like using tags in Apple notes uh, Mm. has been kind of a game changer. So um, yeah, my Apple notes just used to be like uh, all over the place and I would search and I'd be like, oh, okay, like I'm looking for this topic, podcasting, or I'm looking for this topic of like chief of staff, or I'm looking for this topic. And like, I would find like a lot of different records, but like which one and stuff, like I wasn't able to like, tag obviously is the is is the mm-hmm. thing but like wasn't able to categorize or or like um uh give weight to certain ones even if they were the same topic so yeah just uh creating a tag literally just like you do hashtag ollie and then uh every if if you want to make another note that's like that you just kind of add to it and then you see the tags on the left hand side and then you just click on the tag and then like those three four five however many pop up um, so that's something that I've been doing, but I might, maybe I'll try to do that for like this journaling. Uh, mm. Maybe I create like a hashtag highlights and, yeah. and, and do something there. I don't know. It's got my brain moving. I like mm. this. Um, And then the other thing I do is like, whenever something that's like been really profound, I have like an active ongoing, um, a notion sheet that just says like something that really stood out in a month. And yeah. there's probably like, I don't know, six, seven, eight things but it's like, let's say like amazing podcast conversation, like put that in there or like yeah. bumped into a friend on the street, completely surprising, but something that makes you feel a certain yeah. way, kind of put that in there. And then at the end of the year, I'll like, look at all that and be like, oh, wow. Yeah. I forgot about that. Or the, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. So yeah. Those, are, those are two things. Yeah. I mean, I'm, the, the way I'm describing the outcome of this thing that I'm building is it's like when you've on your phone, the montage the on your photo app, right? So, you know, you occasionally get that and you go on there and you're like, oh, I forgot that happened or I forgot I went to that place. And it brings, you know, there is, it actually, like you say, it creates a feeling inside you. And it's that recognition of that. And life just disappears so quickly. And every day passes by and week passes by, months, years fly by. 
And we just don't take the time to stop and reflect. And I think it's so, I think it's so important. And that's why, you know, I talk about the, I use the idea of a flywheel because it's about, you know, it's about movement. It's about the, you know, thing you have to acknowledge that things are constantly moving on, but actually that doesn't mean that we should be taking the time to reflect. And actually in many ways, taking that time to pause is what regenerates and gives us more energy and allows us to go again. Um, and I just really fascinated by that idea. And again, you know, the 10 years I was running my company, I didn't do much of that. You know, I, I, yeah. I you learn, you learn these things, don't you? And I, I, I do it differently next time. Um, and I think that's why I'm not really fond of the idea of work-life balance as a concept, because it just doesn't evoke the right feelings for me. It's like a trade-off. It's like you're either doing work or you're living your life, and these two things don't exist together. And and it's just that's just not reality for most people. And 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 aside from the fact that you, it's impossible to achieve a balance between your work and personal life, and you know a lot of people I know don't want to do that anyway. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No. I. I, I um. I, I think it's fascinating and I know how you've called it out that like work-life balance is not really a thing um, or like it's mm-hmm. never uh, people have a, an unhealthy relationship with it. Even if they're trying to optimize for it, there's always kind of something and we're dynamic things are changing all the time. Um, so I think I, mm-hmm. I really like how you just kind of called that out. Um, and I like how this idea, this concept of the flywheel of work life around like, you know, sometimes if in, you know, people with portfolio careers, sometimes people say, oh, they're like dabblers and stuff. And it's like, no, they're like, you can bring it into the flywheel and integrate these different things. And some, you know, and over time, like, you know, then it might turn into something, but you're just kind of experimenting a little bit, um, which is one mm. of the buckets uh, within your framework in in your book. And I want to just make sure that we uh, highlight those. So there's mindset, creativity, experimentation, community, learning, and breakthroughs, which you talked about earlier as well. Mm. Um, so anything else on the flywheel, which uh, you want to share? And it seems like you've, you've kind of learned about this concept that has been applied to some businesses through like Jim Collins. Is that, is that right? Yeah. I mean, I read good to great, which is the book that he wrote first wrote about the flywheel effect in possibly when I was in business school years ago. Um, and certainly Amazon are the most famous exponent of this idea. And really all it is, is it's the idea of a virtuous circle. You know, there's no part which is any more important than the other, but each of those parts is interdependent, feeds into one another. And if you get it right, for example, get more customers to the platform that brings um, more suppliers to a platform, which lowers prices, which increases the amount of data available to suppliers, which improves the way that they can target products to them, which brings more buyers to a platform. It's like this effect. They're all interconnected. And the more it builds up, the more benefits you get. So there's a, that's a very brief explanation of it, a much better explanation of it in my book. But yeah, and then for me, this is the way that work and life feed together. So I won't go into loads of detail about each step, but you know, mindset is simply... <laughs> work out what you want to do and why you want to do it. What what really matters to you? How are you going to measure it? Um, and how do you start that process? If you get that right, that, and for me, creativity should be a mm-hmm. fundamental part of everybody's lives. And I, I, I start that part of the book by saying, I never believed I was a creative person. I was 
I, I define creativity by being able to draw good pictures um, and and write creatively. And, you know, I, I, a, I'm a terrible artist and I could write, but I didn't think I was, I'd never thought I was creative. And then as I ran a business, I realized actually the heart of every successful business is, is creativity. And certainly now, and, you know, we're talking at a time where everyone's writing articles about chat, you know, chat GPT, you know, clearly the contrast to the machine giving you information which it um, collates from various different sources, however vast, is that as human beings, we have this creativity, critical thinking, understanding of context, which right now machines can't bring to the table, however advanced. Um, and then experimentation, well, you mentioned it. I mean, there's no no business in the world which is not constantly experimenting, which or no innovative business which isn't constantly experimenting. And the way I like to think about it, the 80-20 rule is a pretty good thing here, right? a pretty good rule of thumb. You know, what's the harm in experimenting for 20% of your time? You know, like you said, if you're if you're thinking about a portfolio career, I've, I've tried, by the way, the last three years, I've tried loads of stuff out, it's not worked. You know, whether it's content, whether it's ideas around consulting businesses, whether it's mm. specific projects, a bunch of stuff's not worked. But you know what? That's that's a process. It's part of the process. I'm working out. It's a constant thing. I probably never work out what I want to do. And that's fine because I'm enjoying that process. Um, and then the last couple of bits, I mentioned breakthroughs, community and learning. I mean, I think what we've realized over the past three years, however much we've benefited from being able to communicate virtually community still matters you know i mean getting together and it doesn't have to be in person but it could be but finding ways to build relatedness build relationships with people and connectivity is really really key and then the last part learning and, and le- i mean any, if you look at any corporate surveys at the minute you'll see that most people in the workplace the biggest priority is learning and development and growth um and you know what i put forward in the book is that each of those elements i outlined feed into one another and if we can build the right plan for ourselves which incorporate those six elements that's when you build up this virtual circle that's when they feed into each other and that's when you start getting momentum and it, it's not a simple process it's not something which always goes right but it's a classic thing where small steps Build, you know, put one step in front of the other, build those things up, the idea of compound interest, but to your work life and you start seeing the benefits. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting here is you're, you're the experimentation part and correct me if I'm wrong, but like there's one way to look at like these different jobs or businesses that you've done have been experiments, but yet you've been personally growing and learning through content and creating stuff. And now you have this book. And so like, I think sometimes we're like, you know, we don't look as jobs as much of experiments. We like are like, oh, this has to look good on the resume. It has to look good on LinkedIn, et cetera. But like, it can be the same thing as an experiment as like, you know, starting a YouTube channel for a couple months and then stopping. Mm. I mean, I, again, I think this is a revelation for me. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's easy to say, of course, when you're running a business, you don't want to get too much stuff wrong. <laughs> Otherwise your business falls apart. Right. But um i think i've got far better at appreciating the benefit of trying something new even if only and again i think i think probably the success rate is about 20 percent for me over the past couple of years i think probably 80 percent of the stuff i've tried is wrong <laughs> it hasn't gone wrong um objectively um but yeah like you, you just got to do it and actually it's from those experiments even when they don't necessarily go to plan which we see some of the surprising opportunities arising. So um, 
yeah i mean it's so important and some of the people i've spoken to in the book in that particularly in that section are very successful business people with very successful businesses and they literally put experimentation or so yeah testing and learning you know pretty high up on their list of priorities well love it um is there anything else you want to share about the book and about the kind of the flywheel framework? Uh, look, and I think the, the key thing for me is getting started. I think, um, again, I'm, we talked about it earlier on, but fear often holds people back. Some of the people who I've spoken to about the book have said, why have you got fear in a subtitle? It's sort of a bit of a negative word. But, uh, you know, that was one of the most important bits of feedback I got when I was researching it and it feeds through into other people's world like Daniel Pink he's he's been on the podcast he wrote a book about regret and he identified certain regrets which people experience at the end of life one of which is boldness boldness in your career manifests as not having taken the chance to start your own thing or not taking the opportunity to speak up at work and I think that's just something that we don't want to regret so taking taking a chance and starting is is the key thing. That's the only way you're going to get that flywheel turning. Love it, love it, love it. Well, um, so if people want to, uh, here's a bad joke, but if people want to, um, you know, take the chance to follow up with you and to learn more and um, stay in touch and learn more about the book and, you know, not regret uh, not following up and learning more about you, what, what are the places, Ali, that they can do that at? So my newsletter is called Future Work Life. It's on Substack. Um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and always welcome anybody contacting me, reaching out and, uh, and, and connecting on there. And also check out the Future Work Life podcast. Um, but the book, Work Life Flywheel, available at any good bookshop, including the biggest of all bookshops, Amazon. So uh, you can find it there. Brand new, just came out. Awesome. Ollie, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Um, thanks again. Cheers, David. Hey friend, thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. Would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed. Um, You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder, I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.